You're listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast brought to you by Nottinghamshire Live. Hello, welcome to Garibaldi Red. No one said it was ever going to be easy against Southampton, but last night was something else. As Nottingham Forest won 4-3 in one of the most nerve-wracking games at the City Ground in living memory. It means the Reds are still alive in the Premier League after Leeds and Leicester lost for Everton won against a surprisingly awful Brighton. Joining me to discuss all that is, first of all, Reds legend Gary Bertels, who literally just disappeared. That is incredible timing. Are you yeah. back, Gary? I am back, yeah. <laughs> I was just saying good morning. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Yeah, it was a Manchester <laughs> number, which is always a concern. <laughs> oh, it's one of those telemarketing things. You need to block it. Yeah. <laughs> the second guest today is Paul Garibaldi's Greg Mitchell. Morning, how are you? I'm all right. I'd be lying to say I was uh, fresh and ready to go, but it's always easier after a win, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. Um, unfortunately, Michael Temple's had to drop out at the last minute. He was advertised, but uh, he can't join us. But not to worry, we've obviously got two great guests. Greg, why don't you start us off? The emotion, the noise, the results, what does it mean? Yeah, everything. The scarves, that was as good as I've ever seen the trend. And I mean, spend all this money and time on displays and all we have to do is say bring a scarf. <laughs> it looks incredible. But uh, yeah, God, that crowd really did take a moment at the end, didn't they? Um, that was probably as nervous. And I've said this before, and <laughs> that's about as nervous as I've ever been at the end of a game. It was horrendous, wasn't it? I mean, when they get free kicks or, or corners or anything, you're just so worried about the delivery. Uh, and obviously the penalty, and you thought, here we go again, surely not. Uh, to the point where when, when the final whistle went, it wasn't even joy. It was just pure like relief and just unbelievable. If that's the game that, that keeps us up, it's going to be one that's remembered, that's for sure. Gary, you've played in some of the biggest games imaginable. I, I guess it's easier being on the pitch because there's an element of control. What, what's it like watching games like that? Oh, it's, it's dreadful. Absolutely awful. I, I just couldn't watch. I was looking at the Trent end with the last few minutes because we knew there was going to be more than seven minutes of uh, ex, you know injury time. So uh, that, that made it even worse. Um, but I, I think both teams realised the pressure they were under after Everton's result. Because I, I, I fancied Leicester to beat Fulham. I thought they got a chance because Fulham have, you know, maybe gone off the boil a little bit. But I expect nobody saw the Everton 5-1 at Brighton. I don't think anybody saw that coming at all. Um, and Brighton weren't all that bad. I mean, they, they played well. They had all the possession. Uh, Pickford made saves. I was watching the game beforehand. And that put real pressure on both uh, ourselves and Southampton last night, that result. And I think... The way Forrest responded, I thought, was magnificent. And uh, the crowd played a massive part. You talk about the scarves. And uh, I was sat with uh, next to Guy Moosey. And he'd got his scarf. And his mate had got his scarf there. He was singing all the songs. And he was loving it. He said to me, he said, don't worry, we've got this. <laughs> and that was at 4-2. And then they, they penalty. I said, are you sure? Uh, <laughs> so it was, yeah, it was nerve-wracking, to say the least. We'll get into the game at great length, obviously. But in terms of the relegation battle, Greg... How are you feeling about it now? Well, you're going to say we're going to stay up, but how are you feeling about it in general? Better. I think even the the most negative pundits on Forest are going to say we've got a better chance than Leeds and Leicester at the minute. It's just the way it is. And uh, the goal difference is that point we need, isn't it? That's the, that's the only big worry for me. So I do think we're going to need another point. Uh, but yeah, gosh, 
imagine if we hadn't a won last night, what we'd have been looking at this morning. And that was huge. That was so big. And you look at the table now and you look at the, the games that Leeds and Leicester have got coming up and you think, yeah, we, I mean, get a result at Chelsea and it's definitely all over. Definitely. 36 points for me is definitely enough. But uh, yeah, I'd love it to end how it is now. I think those two down, it'd be nice for me. It really would. <laughs> I, I think I prefer chasing in a sense. I feel more optimistic. Now we're out of it, I feel more pessimistic. Yeah. Maybe another on. three points and another three points. Yeah, you but, need to um, beat someone about that. We're all, <laughs> we're all looking at fixtures. And, and like I said last night, everybody thought, you know, Brighton had batter Everton and fair play to Everton. Sean Dyche, goodness <clears> me, <throat> what a result that is. And you look at the results and you'll see, well, I think that, that's a difficult one. Well, Leicester have got Liverpool, but it wouldn't surprise you now with the results out there going mm. that, you know, Leicester beat Liverpool. It's just a ridiculous uh, run of results that are happening at the moment. Leeds are the one in a little bit of free fall, but now Sam Allardyce is there. You know, that could change things a little bit. We saw at Manchester City that it, uh, you know, they weren't a million miles off. So there's, there's still a hell of a lot to play for. How many points then, Gary? Another win or...? Even four I, points I think he would have got a point at uh, Brentford last week. I think that might just have been enough. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that might come back to haunt us a little bit. But uh, let's hope not. I, I don't think there's any fear out there, you know, uh, with the three games we've got left. Because Arsenal could be feeling sorry for themselves if, uh, you know, it doesn't happen for them. Um, and Crystal Palace are safe anyway. Chelsea, well, they won at Bournemouth, but Bournemouth are set, were safe. So, it's it's all there for us. It's in our hands. You know, we... we it's not out of our hands, which is one thing you didn't want to happen. And uh, I think the performance all around last night was just fantastic, d- despite them having the majority of the possession. Because they played well last night. Let's give them credit, Southampton. Uh, you know, they moved it well. They they caused us problems. And Ward-Prowse's delivery is just absolutely superb. It will cause anybody problems. And, uh, you know, so it proved last night. Yeah, you could see like their strengths, couldn't you? You could see why both teams have struggled because no, no one could really uh, defend in certain scenarios. And we'll, we'll get onto that. Last one on the relegation battle, Greg. Do you think the fact that I think we haven't played badly now for maybe five fixtures, we seem to have found a bit of a formula? While like Leicester, like Gary said, I thought Leicester might get a result there. They've blown up. Leeds are in crisis, even if they've got a new manager, he's going to be putting a team together and scrambling around. Do you think Forrest's Maybe a bit of cohesion at the right time gives them an edge. Yeah, six points out of nine. Like we said, when we lost that gutting result against Brentford, we said if we get this this result that we did in the end, that six out of nine looks good. And Sky put a um, a table up of the relegation battle against each other. And we were top of that league by a mile, 14 points, I think we've got against other relegation teams. And that's going to be the key, isn't it? The odd wonder result's fantastic, but beat the teams around you and you're going to stay up. Uh, let's get into the game then, and I'll probably just start on the first goal because it opens up the avenues for some of the players we, we need to talk about anyway. Uh, Gary, that ball by Danilo, the touch by Brennan, the finish by uh, Awanyi. I mean, just the quality of that goal after a pretty sticky start by Forrest. It set the wheels in motion, didn't it? Yeah, they were the better side in the early stages of the game. And you thought, well, is it nerves? Nerves play a part. Like I say, after that Everton result, they would have known that result. And... It does put pressure on you, but the ball, the delivery, it just shows the class of Danilo. Um, you know, it was just inch perfect. Fabulous touch by Brennan. 
And he, he played a fabulous ball across, you know, for a striker. That is a dream ball. And you've got to be there to finish it. And that's what a one-year does. That's what we've missed. I think had he been fit over the past few months, fully fit, I, I don't think we'd have been in this position. I think we might just have been, you know, where Bournemouth are maybe. But uh, when you've got a, a striker, his second goal was magnificent. The technique was just absolutely superb. And, uh, you know, if he if he continues like that, he stays fit. He looked a little bit uh, labouring, you know, just before he came off. Um, but you know, that's understandable. He's a nuisance. You know, he's a handful for defenders. And it's just the little mistakes, you know, you, you're concerned about. The defending from set pieces, um, you know, giving the ball away as we've done at home. And teams have just punished us from those mistakes. When we cut those out, then we've got a big chance. Mm. Uh, it was interesting, Jamie Carrigan on Sky compared a one to Drogba, which I thought was a good comparison on the night, the manner he took those goals. Um, Carragher also tweeted, Greg, about Danilo finally realising that, oh, he's a bit of a player, after you told him and Neville and um, the smug host on the overlap a couple of weeks ago. So got give some... us a word on Danilo since you called it. Well, not... got, some, got some cheek, haven't they? Um, I just think he's, uh, he's. I think he was probably man of the match last night. I know. I think the sponsors gave it him, didn't they? But Sky gave it Gibbs White, mm. uh, and it's just fully deserved. And I love the fact that two different players got it as well because it was, you know, share share the love. But if he continues these next three games the way he has been the last three games, then suddenly he's in a shout for like player of the season. As stupid as it sounds, because. He has literally been influential in the way these results have gone. He's so good. He's young. He's even already got his little, like his celebrations. I love his goal celebrations. And and it's not just his goals, is it? That ball he played for the first goal is just superb. And he is such a quality player. And I think we've got him on uh, we've got him on a decent contract, haven't we? Six years, I think. Yes, I years, mean, yeah. what a what a move that is! What a move! And I always thought Scarpa was going to be the the guy, not him. I thought he was more of a risk. So, you know, it's it's a special talent. If he keeps continuing how he does, like his 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 age, everything about him, we are either going to get a lot of money in a couple of years, or he's going to be one of the reasons that we keep like pushing on. So, yeah, I love him. One of my favourites. I was, I mean, everyone's been critical of January, myself included, but, you know, if Danilo and Felipe are the two players that, you know, make a huge difference and the other signings in January are a bit of a dud, I don't think it, it matters really. They've been, they've been brilliant. Um, are you drinking out of a signed mug there? Uh, yeah, I'm struggling, I must admit. <laughs> Who's it signed it's by? It's a strong, this is the mug that took you about six months to get to me, it's props. <laughs> How are you washing it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, You're not sticking it in the dishwasher, are you? You can't get rid of products. No, it's very, though. very carefully washed. <laughs> um, I've, had a, I've had a long weekend. I can tell. <laughs> Gary, it was in, on Danilo. Um, do you think the return of Ryan Yates helped? I know Yates, he didn't have his best game, I think, but he's a presence and he had a running battle with Alcaraz. And does that give Danilo a, a bit more freedom combined with the discipline of Mangala, who's coming to his own as well? I think the system last night was was spot on. When I saw the team, I, you know, a smile came on my face because it was so proactive. And uh, with Ryan Yates coming back in as well and leading the team out, you could feel it around the city ground, you know, when he, when his name was uh, shouted on the tannoy, when the team was read out, you know, everybody was delighted. And uh, he gave, it, you know, what he does. He gives it everything he possibly can. 
Um, and he's been out a while. He's been in and out. You know, he's not had, you know, probably the best um, preparation for games or anything like that. But, you know, he does what he does, you know, and he does it particularly well. And uh, it was great to see him back. And to have that length of time on the pitch will do him a power of good. And, uh, you know, we're getting players back. It's nice to see Bolly, you know, back on the touchline as well. You know, these players we thought might not be coming back. You know, so all of a sudden, you know, we've got them back. And uh, that, that could be massive for us going into these last three games. Mm. Um, just give us another word on the second goal, Gary. I know you touched on it briefly, but the, the quality of the finish by Awani and the interesting lack of a celebration as well. He didn't really celebrate either goal, did he? Well, I, I like that. I quite like that. I mean, I never used to celebrate goals. I, I remember, you know... I just used to put my fit, put my fist up, and that was it. You know, you run back to the centre circle and get on with it again, and, and try and get another one. Um, it's he's always proved that. I mean, I go back to the West Ham game all that time ago at home when it hit his. You know, it was a so it hit him on the knee, and we won the game one nil. Strikers get in positions like that when we've not had a striker in the team. There's been some really good build up play and great balls across the face of the goal. And had a striker, a proper striker, been in, you know, I remember the Tottenham game at home when we, we lost. But we created so many good opportunities with the delivery across the face of the goal. And had the one you've been playing, you know, it could have been different. Um, it's all right looking back in hindsight, but he knows where to be. You know, strikers do that. They have that knack. Um, you know, you've just got to mention Haaland in this. I mean, he, he just knows, you know, you watch what he does his intelligence and everything. Uh, he expects the unexpected. That's what strikers do. And, uh, you know, it's good to see him out there causing problems. And he's he's honest as well. You know, he'll go into the channels. He'll he will present himself to anybody in midfield. Um, but, yeah, it's just uh, the all-round performance last night, I, I just thought from everybody, um, was, you know, particularly good. And Joe Worrell came on again and I, I thought did well when he came on. I say we'll come on to Joe because, uh, yeah, there might be a role for him in the team going forward, an unlikely one, but he did do well, didn't he? Um, Greg, were you remotely surprised when Southampton got a goal back and the manner of it, Forrest not helping themselves? It was a very Forrest thing to do, wasn't it? When we went, we had a nice two-goal lead for a while, didn't we? And it's blooming horrible. <laughs> so, no, unfortunately, not surprised because it's just what we do, isn't it? We have to suffer. We have to cause as much pain as possible so um we've done similar against Everton Newcastle at home haven't we giving it away in that sort of, sort of yeah. area in the next minute it's in the back of the net mm. Mm. but then it's just that the the only difference again today is we scored at the right times as well <laughs> and uh, but then at the end to go from thinking it's 5-2 within five minutes it being 4-3 uh, it's just that's a forest thing isn't it and I thought here we go that's oh, what why it was so by the way. The one that yeah. was loud. Good. <laughs> what a touch. What a celebration. Yeah. <laughs> um, Can I ask them? I've not seen it again, but everybody I spoke to said their penalty shouldn't have been a penalty. Mm. Oh, well, let's come on to it then. Yeah, um, I saw it. I thought it was an absolutely ridiculous decision. I don't mind the ref giving it, but for the, have you seen it back, Greg? Yeah, so we, because I... Yesterday I sat with Sam, my friend uh, Sam Perkins. So we had a we had a screen with us, and uh, straight away it was like, well, that's being overturned. Mm. That's the only time I've seen it back, and I'd had a couple of beers, so it's a bit hazy. But <laughs> we were like, oh, that's overturned. The stress had gone then. It's definitely not a penalty. Telling people it's not a penalty, uh, and then it was still given. 
So the yeah. highlights this morning, they don't show you it. So, um, yeah. But how can VAR get that so wrong when, I mean, there were forest people, but I, I went and said, first thing one guy said to me, he said, seen the penalty again and again. He said, it wasn't a penalty. Did he no. touch him? I've not seen it. So I mean, I yeah, uh, maybe. It was hard to tell. But I, I, I mean, you know, I think we've said VAR so often. It's a human error thing, isn't it? I think that's a big human error from Paul Tierney's of VAR. I thought it definitely should have been turned over. It was just the slightest touch. And talking what about the, penalties, how well did Brennan do for our penalty? Go to win it. Yeah, no, to, yeah, to get his foot there first, you know, to, to encourage the challenge. I thought, you know, that was pretty, pretty good. Mm. I think on VAR, one thing they need to do, it's hard to quantify, but defining what a howling error is, because it was supposed to be, you know, it would eliminate howling errors. And to me, that but, was a that was a howling error, I thought. Tierney will get his job again on Saturday. That's what annoys me as much as anything. Like, mm. if it was such a blatant error on their part, don't give them that role next week. Mm, true. Accountability, and then say no. You can go and ref a league one game, go and ref derby or something, and then <laughs> leave it at that because it's ridiculous. But there's never accountability for it, especially when it's that critical as well. This time of the season, how massive that could have been. Yeah, there's well, people who saying... ref derby next because that that league's finished now. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's people in the comments saying it was a penalty. Some of them because he did touch him. I, I don't know. I didn't feel like it was personally. And just going back to the first Southampton goal, it was Gibbs White who gave it away, Gary. But that was really the only blot on his copybook in the game, wasn't it? I thought he was—he looks right back at it at the right time now, doesn't he? Yeah, Morgan? I mean, the, what he did for the, the Danilo goal was just absolutely sensational for me. The ball to come in at that pace and, you know, the awareness to do that. It's instinct. People are saying, well, you know, how do you do that? You don't know. In the moment, you just do something. People always ask me, how did you do that? So I've got no idea. You know, it's just, it comes to you and your brain clicks in and you do what you think is right when it comes to you. You know, you don't plan it, especially in that in that particular area. But he knew what was around him. You know, that's what's impressive. And, you know, he, he, he provides that pace going forward. Uh, he gives it a different dimension. You know, you've got Brennan on the right-hand side. So you've got pace, strength. You've got creative ability in midfield. It's just the you know, defensively, we've, we've got to tighten things up a little bit and defend better, you know, especially from set pieces, because we saw Liverpool, you know, we'd have got something at Liverpool had we not defended, you know, that, not badly, but if we'd have defended a little bit better, you know, and the goal, the, in Brentford, the near post, you know, the winner for Brentford, you know, avoidable goals again. That, that's what we've been saying since, uh, I think, the Tottenham game away. All the goals, you know, majority have been, you know, avoidable goals. So if we can tighten things up in that respect, then... You know we've got a we've got a big chance of staying up. Mm, they do seem to find that attacking formula now. With Danilo's like that fourth prong of the attack with his energy, he just definitely opens things up for them. Um, Greg, what do you want to say to Wolves fans about Gibbs White and that fee now? I'll uh, I'll wait until the end of the season, but I'll definitely be saying something. That's for sure. Uh, I love him. I, I I just think I was always excited about getting him anyway, and not thinking that we were we were the the quality of team that he'd go to and when we did it was like the start of who else are we going to sign so you build a team around a player like him his post-match interview yesterday basically said next season you know in this league uh, we'll, we'll be even better and you will you'll build it around a player like Gibbs White who he's got 
three or four years until he's at his peak of his career anyway. Um, and it's exciting. And give him the players around him. If we manage to keep older Johnson next season, uh, you just see the, the link-up they have, the football brains they have, like perfect cross from Johnson, the slightest of touches just to put it onto Danilo. It's such a lovely goal to watch. Uh, and that's what it's all about. It's not about dribbling and having the ball for 10 minutes. It's those little, you know, the, the little things that we wouldn't be able to do, let's say. <laughs> Maybe Gary would have. <laughs> and the thing is yeah. as well, you know, for the penalty, stepped up again to, you know, take the penalty under massive pressure, you know, at that particular point of the game. You know, there's a long way to gain and, you know, to have the courage to take it and and just smash it down the middle. You know, you do the right thing in those circumstances. We've said it before, haven't we? Uh, when penalties have been missed, why don't you just smash it down the middle? He did that. Yeah. Well, the crowd are confident with him as well. You couldn't tell he was going to take the penalty for a while. Then, then as the soon as Kids White down. got it, there was a cheer. Yeah. There was a big yeah. cheer. But would you hit it down the middle? It takes some... Uh, takes. I can't think of the word without swearing. Yeah, <laughs> I know what you... <laughs> yeah, well, Madison hit one down the middle, didn't he? And Pickford stood up to it. So Yeah, it could go wrong, couldn't but it? I know, Gary, on here, you said to smash it down the middle a couple of weeks ago, didn't you? Yeah. I, mean, I don't think he should next week. Yeah. <laughs> I think he'd have to... Vardy, Gary. Pardon? You were saying Vardy took one and he, he missed, didn't he? It's... Vardy missed yesterday, didn't he? Yeah, and then Madison took the second one. Mm, mm, true. Um, I, I, Gary, just on Gibbs White, do you have to give the manager some credit? I mean, personally, I think a couple of weeks ago he could have either played Morgan in a different role, a deeper role, or he could even have taken him out of the team. His performances have dipped a little bit, I think, like leads away and games like that. But Cooper, he, he backed him to the hilt, and it, it now, it now they're really reaping the rewards. I think that's 12 goal contributions this season. Uh, you've got to give Steve Cooper massive credit for everything that's going on at the moment. You know, he's he's gone proactive with his selection. Uh, you know, we've got creative mobility in midfield now. You know, in, in the past, we've seen, you know, lack of mobility that's maybe cost us in midfield. Um, yeah, it's just, it's we're not sitting back and saying, right, let's hang on to, you know, this sort of lead. Uh, you know, yesterday, we just kept going. We wanted to score again. We didn't try and drop back and, Towards the end, we did, obviously, because it was becoming a little bit nervy and a little bit tight. That's expected. You don't want to throw it away. And, uh, you know, that encouraged them on in the in the final stages with the, the length of the injury time. But, no, I, I think um, the, the, the proactive way has gone about it. And, you know, before Froyle has been there as the holding midfield player and, you know, you've had Shelby in there, you know, Jack Colback's been in there. But now, you know, there the looks total mobility in there and the threats are coming from different areas as well now, which always is a massive uh, boost and benefit for you. I mean, I, when we played, we had Rob, John Robertson on the left, we had Martin O'Neill on the right, but then you had Bowyer, who was a great goal-scoring midfield player. You had Archie Gemmell, who was, you know, terrific. And, you know, when you've got those prongs in your team, you know, different, you know, sort of players who can make a massive contribution... Then you're going to you're going to score goals, and that's what I think. That's what we've got there. That creative ability, we saw that in the um, in two of the goals, and you know, long may they you know be in there together in that formation with that uh, with that team, that starting eleven. Yeah, it's seven goals in two home games, two at Liverpool, the one at Brentford. Yeah, finally clicked in that area. Uh, if people are enjoying this, by the way, I know there's 
almost 700 watching i'm not sure how many on youtube but do give us a like if you're enjoying it uh, greg just give us a word on the final player in that attacking uh well quartet i guess you call it now in danilo as well uh um, brennan back to his best two assists last night a very smart work to win that penalty as well yeah and his pace like he's i, I think sam was saying yesterday when we were watching it that he's been recorded as like the fastest ever Premier League player now, something ridiculous like that. Fastest this season, fastest sprint. This se- sorry, fastest sprint in this season. But he did one run uh, down the down the right near the A block, like just straight past their left back. The pace he's got, like, and now he's got the touch as well. Like he's frightening. That's why I think you know we stay up this season. I still think there's going to be a lot of interest, and we're going to have to do everything to to wrap him up and keep hold of him, like persuade him that staying here under Coots for another season or two is the right thing for his his career because he's a special talent and he's got all that, like I say, that natural pace. You can't you can't teach that, can you? You can't make a player as quick as him unless they've got it already. So he's going to have so much interest. That's why you stay in the Premier League, you keep hold of him. That's priority one for me in the summer. Mm-hmm. I think he's learning the game very quickly because... Yeah. Sometimes forget how old he is, and you know he's had a few uh, critics. I think wrongly so at times. You know you, you have to learn, and, and if you make you know a mistake, you think you should have done better and you should have delivered earlier. Uh, you know if you don't learn from it, then you don't deserve to be at. But he has learnt very quickly. You know uh, what he does wrong on a, on a pitch. He probably should have played a bit earlier, and I think that's highly commendable. Uh, you know the way he's gone about his season. Without him, we wouldn't have been. We'd have been in big trouble, you know. We scored. I don't know whether it's because he's been brought up around this club, like he's he's literally it's all he's ever known, isn't it? With his dad here and everything, but it's when he speaks about the club and the fans and the situation we're in as well. Even after the Brentford game, his interviews are so sensible and like years ahead of his time. And he, I just think he's a real he's a real talent, but you can tell there's a real like good lad behind of all that as well which is obviously what we want to see at Forest. I think mm. playing for his country as we know for Wales has really helped him as well um, you know, that that age getting that opportunity to play for your country I think is absolutely superb and you just you, the sky's the limit for him it really is because I think he's got a good head on his shoulders his dad makes sure of that I'm sure and uh, he couldn't be uh, you know with a better manager you know, because he, he believes in Brennan and uh, he gives him the wherewithal to do what he does best, which is frighten defenders, you know, with his pace, uh, you know, with his ability. And, yeah, it's just, it's great to watch him, you know, evolve as a striker, you know, not a striker, out-and-out striker, but he can do, you know, the, the creative stuff and he can score goals as well. So he's only going to get better, you would think. Yeah, you're right about the World Cup as well. I know Wales didn't set the world alight, but the experience must have done wonders for him because since the World Cup, he's been uh, fantastic for Forest. And, and he was so quick that Southampton defender pulled his hamstring and was out of the game for the rest <laughs> of the match. So, yeah, that shows how rapid he is. Um, just coming back to set pieces then, Gary, because Southampton score early in the second half to make it 3-2 and very nervous again. What do you want to see Forrest do? Is it a question of Navas coming for the ball and being more commanding? Or do they need to set up differently? What's going wrong at defending set pieces, do you think? Uh, it's, it's difficult. When, you, when you're against somebody like Ward-Prowse, sometimes mm. you just have to hold your hands up and say, OK, what a great delivery that was. 
you know you, you sometimes you can do nothing about it believe me you know if it's that good and he, he's so consistent with his delivery you very very rarely see him uh, hit the um, miss the man at the near post you know that when he takes a corner when he takes a free kick you know you never see him really overhit it or very rarely and to continually defend against that that's not easy and goalkeepers it's not always easy to come you know among you know a lot of players i mean people are saying about the the goal for you know the one he punched and they got back in it maybe he could have done better there again um but it's it's a difficult one um we've got two great headers of the ball in uh you know our two center halves um and when Joe came on, I thought that was a, a big help, to be quite honest, uh, because he will edit, you know, he'll he'll put himself in, in the way of things. And when you've got that sort of player coming on who loves the football club, who, you know, will do anything to, to you know, help out and, and uh, get things going the right way, then, you know, that that's not bad. But delivery-wise, you know, Ward Prowse, but you, you I played with the genius John Robertson, whose delivery was incredible. You know, as a striker, you couldn't wish for more. And that's what Ward Prowse gives to Southampton. I mean, somebody's going to get him, uh, you would think, if Southampton go down. You know, somebody's going to be lucky to get hold of Ward Prowse because, you know, he's, he's top at what he does. He's, I think he's, he's not quite um, with Beckham yet, as he regarding uh, free kicks, but he's, he's getting close. And, you know, it's, it's difficult to stop sometimes. Could yeah, we go for him? Well, that's what I was going to say. People in the comments are saying we should go for him. I mean, to me, I don't know, Gary, what do you... I think he ends up at yeah. a club like Newcastle or Villa that are one stage ahead or two stages ahead of where Forrest are right now. Or am I, I think you're possibly Forrest right. But, you know, why shouldn't he come to, you know, a club like ours? Um, you know, the, the quality of the players coming in at the moment, people can see that. And, uh, you know, Steve Cooper's reputation goes before him, you know, the way, you know, he handles players and he runs a football club. So uh, why not? Um, you know, he is, a, he is a quality player without a doubt. And in a, in, it'd be interesting to see in a very good side how, you know, how good he could be. Mm. But, mm. you know, if you know when we do stay up, then we'll be looking at, you know, players like that again. You know, you've got to. You've got to try and improve the quality of your team. Yes, I was going to say if we stay up, but you've said when we stay up. So, uh, yeah, hopefully, <laughs> obviously, we all hope that happens. Um, ironically, again, Greg, just like Gibbs White was at fault for the first goal, Felipe was probably at fault for that second goal because he lets the Anko run off him and head it in. But Felipe, again, was absolutely sensational overall. And like we said, that goal, which I thought was onside initially, and they, they draw the lines. You don't know where they're going to draw the lines with the AR again, but that's another conversation. But in general, Felipe... Brilliant, near Kate, very strong as well. Yeah, both of them, and with near Kate as well, you've got the throw-ins now. I notice the ball boys now have a little towel with them, so we've gone full Stoke in that sense. But uh, it works for us, doesn't it? And with Ward Prowse and his deliveries for the corners, that was the only thing he thought. At least Felipe's there with his head, and he's such a unit. But he's got pace as well, hasn't he? For a big mm. centre back, you don't realise that he he can outrun a player on the break and. Uh, yeah, and it helps. And I mean, do you know, with the running now, I know we're probably going to get on to Oral, but with him coming in and if we have got injuries and he's probably one of the only options, with him being at right wing back, backs against the wall, you've got Nia Carte, Felipe and Worrell trying to save you a point or something in the last five minutes against 
Palace to keep us up. That sounds horrendous. But um, if something Don't like that there. happens, you'd have confidence, wouldn't you? And I think, you know, with all our injuries, thank God we have the, the squad we have got because it's it should have destroyed us by now, the amount we've had. But we just keep grinding them out. We keep next man up. You put one of your, your oldest serving centre-backs at right-back and he does a job. So I do. I know our defence... We, you know, we've conceded a lot of goals, obviously, but we've had a hell of a lot of things to do, and you do trust our defence and all three of them, mm. and Bolly as well. I mean, actually yeah, he's our best run as a defence was with Bolly in the side, mm. so him coming back really helps. Let's just touch on Joe quickly. I'm going a bit scatty around the games, but if you have to go to Chelsea with Joe as a very defensive right back, Gary, I mean, I don't think that's the worst thing if Aurier's out, is it? If Borrell just sits in and makes it a very flat back four or five. It'll be interesting to see what uh, what actually happens. I mean, Aurier's injury did look quite bad, didn't it? Mm. Uh, he was really struggling with it. So that, that was a blow again because, you know, with him and Lottie in there, you know, we saw earlier in the run we, we had that we were 16th before. You know, those two were part of that run. Um, yeah, so you, what you'll get with Joe is just honesty. You know, you'll give everything he's possibly got to do things right and, and to get us over the line. So... You know, it's great to have somebody like him coming on. The last game, the Brighton game, he came on and did superb as well, didn't he? Mm. So, you know, some players may may mope and, you know, sort of feel sorry for themselves, but he doesn't do that. He just gets on with it and he's very professional about it, which is good to see. Yeah, and I think, I mean, this must be some kind of record. I think that's the sixth time he's come on this season because of an injury. For a centre-half, I mean, that just doesn't happen. Or if you're a centre-half on the bench normally, you're probably not getting on, are you, really? So it says something to his character as well, to be fair. Um, right, I think we probably covered most of the game because we went back to the, the penalty. So are you, are you convinced now, Gary, that Forrest are going to stay up? I know, Or was that a bit jovial, that comment before? No, I, I think we'll stay up. Um, I, I, I've seen nothing to fear in Chelsea at the moment. Yes, they won against Brentford at uh, Bournemouth at Bournemouth. But Bournemouth were safe then. You know, Bournemouth have had a great run. They got some great results and got themselves out of it. Chelsea had lost, I think, five on the trot before that, hadn't they? Mm. So, you know, that might have lifted them a little bit. But, like I say, why fear them? They're mid-table. You know, they're not that far above, you know, the, the drop because of the run they've been on. And uh, you know, then Arsenal, obviously, that was always going to be the hardest of the, the running because of the season they've had. But it's at home. And, mm -hmm. you know, Crystal Palace are safe. You know, Roy Hudson's coming in and done a great job. You just don't know. But I, it's in our hands. That's all I wanted to see going into the final stages of the season. Mm -hmm. That we got a chance. That, you know, we're out that bottom three. It was down to, you know, what we have in that squad. And I think, uh, you know, the injuries, like I said earlier, coming back, maybe surprisingly a little bit, some of them. Uh, I think it's a huge bonus for us. And... Yeah, nothing to fear in the last three games, I don't think. Uh, I'm going to jump back into the game quickly because I should say, Greg, the, just we I know we talked about Danilo, but the, just the moment and the relief of that fourth goal uh, and the quality, the flick from Gibbs-White, the cross from Brennan and the finish, we should give that a mention as well, shouldn't we? Yeah, it was a relief. I, like I said earlier, I love his celebration as well. He's got that kind of Collymore style celebration and his confidence. But like you say, the flick from Gibbs-White, it's just the, the the sensible brains they've got, and that the, yeah, they just they find these balls, don't they, when we need them most. And 
Do you know one thing I wanted to quickly say as well when Gary said about the players not moping? Some of these players, like, you know, you've got Harry Toffolo straight away putting brilliant videos on, on Twitter and Muller Kintyre after the game. There was players not in club kit on the pitch celebrating after the game who didn't need to be there. You've got Steve Cook flying the flag online <laughs> this weekend. And there really is a togetherness. And you see the, the turmoil at other clubs at the minute. And I think maybe it's because it's our first season and we are so desperate and we haven't been beaten down and fed up with this this league and this, that, the other, but it really does feel like that is what's going to bring us home now. And yeah, go, go back to the fourth goal. It's moments like that that make it all worthwhile. And I did think that was it then. I thought game over, even, even for us, which obviously it didn't turn out to be, but the, the release and the noise in the crowd was just incredible. So good. Yeah, I think that's a great point about the first season thing because you know if this was Leeds's first season or Leicester's yeah. first season, they'd probably be the same as we are now but they're a bit more jaded and have that level of expectation that we'll probably come to Forest Touchwood if we stay up and it might be different but that's yeah, we'll it. push on we'll have all we'll have all these new fancy players to push <laughs> we'll have more price thing in the top corner <laughs> yeah um so same question to you that I put to Gary then I've got the two most optimistic people on but are you convinced we'll stay up now or not Ooh, pause. Oh, I thought you said Gary. No, no, um, Greg. Sorry, sorry. Uh, yeah, I am. I'm convinced we'll stay up, and I think Chelsea's a free hit again. What can't happen is, you know, that result after Brentford. It was oh god, I've never. It was so so gutting, and I think Chelsea has to be seen as a bit of a free hit now because I actually believe we have a better chance against Arsenal. I think with our home form, how we've done against the big teams, you know. The last team to take points away from City, I think. Like we've all we all know we beat Liverpool. We've done things against against Chelsea at home, and I do think that the home game is going to be the absolute key for us. If we get a point at Chelsea, that'll be incredible. And even the most pessimistic fans, you know, I'll give him a shout out: the Steve Allens of this world. <laughs> they, they, uh, they'll be coming out of Chelsea thinking we're going to stay up as well, especially if results go our way. And, you know, you go into Arsenal then thinking just this this game and that's it, celebration time. None of us want to go to Palace needing anything. None of us want to go there with the, with that dread. It'd be nice to just go and have a, a good day out. So, yeah, I think Arsenal's the key. I think that home game against Arsenal is absolutely within our reach. We can get something against them. Yeah, I, I suppose I'll try and put the devil's advocate case a little bit. I mean, I thought Arsenal were brilliant uh, against Newcastle. Just looking at the fixtures for the other teams then. Obviously, Everton, Man City at home, which you'd expect them to lose. But, you know, they beat Brighton, so you never know. Wolves away, Bournemouth at home. I think they might get some points there. Then if, I suppose it's all eyes on Leeds and Leicester now. So Leeds have got Newcastle at home, uh, West Ham away, Tottenham at home. So... I don't know. Does it go to the last day for them? Leicester, Liverpool at home, Newcastle away. Very tough games. West Ham at home. So I think, like you say, if Forest can get a point or two points in the next two games, it, I mean, what do you think, Gary? Is it Leeds and Leicester when you hear those fixtures? They've got some tough, tough games, haven't they? Well, a few weeks ago, we were saying, well, Bournemouth and Southampton look like two, and you know, pick anybody else from the rest. Look at yeah. Bournemouth. Yeah, it's so unpredictable at the moment. You know, it's predictable. Yeah. At the top. You know, it's been predictable at the top, but 
not at the bottom. It's just it's crazy. Uh, you know, everybody wants to stay in the Premier League so much, and you know, nerves can come into play. And you know, Leicester looked at, absolutely bereft at the final whistle, didn't they? You look to mm-hmm. the faces, the body language. You look to the fans, and you think, well. You know, they look like they're down, but they, they are capable of beating teams on any given day. Now Vardy's back in there. He's not been there all season. You know, they, they, they will have a chance and they'll think they've got a chance. And there's only Southampton, you would say at the moment, are, are the, you know, certs to go down. Mm. Um, so, yeah, everybody will still be thinking it's in our hands. You know, it's down to us. We've still got a chance. And that, that's the only way you can look at it. You've got to be positive. You know, if, you, if you're negative and you sit back and, you know, you try and hang on to things, which we didn't last night, you know, I think we have done, you know, previous games at times, um, you know, it's it's the way forward. That's why Palace have got out of the, the, the predicament. When Roy Hodgson came in, he, uh, you know, I, I did their first game and against Leicester and they beat Leicester. And it's because they were positive. They're on the front foot. You know, they didn't uh, sit back or anything. And Bournemouth, you know, they've done the same. They, they've gone on the front foot. Against Arsenal, they had a great, you know, great game against them. It's, if you're positive and you go out there and take games to play uh, teams, you've got a chance. And with our team at the moment, with the one that started last night, there's that much ability in there and that creativity. You're always going to get an opportunity. You just need to tighten up a little bit at the back. And I think we'll be fine. It just makes you wish that we hadn't had all these injuries because I think, like we've said this so many times, I think that eleven with uh, or Henderson coming in and maybe a couple of others, I think we'd have been all right. I mean, it's like Gary says. I know I sound pessimistic. It's just the unpredictable <laughs> nature that that worries me still. Like that Everton result, could Leicester match that against someone? But Liverpool and Newcastle are chasing Champions League football, and they they need results now. Newcastle losing and Liverpool have got a sniff. So. Yeah, it's going to be. I still think it goes to the last day and it's going to be awful. Uh, uh, tense, not awful result, but awfully tense. So I know I sound negative, but that's the you way do. It is. You, sound, you sound like you're worrying, not negative. I am worrying. I am worrying. <laughs> I know last night was brilliant, but it's still worrying times. But like, like Gary says, I feel like we've got the side now in place to kick on that other teams haven't, like Leicester and Leeds. Smith can't know what that best 11 is for Leicester when he sees them defend like that. And, you know, John Terry's been brought in to tighten them up at the back and they've probably got worse. So I think we're in a much better place than them. Right. Um, moving on then. I think that's about it for covering the main content. Any other business, Greg? Anything you want to add? Uh, oh, no, not really. I had a good good pint of temps after the game. Yes, I saw Gary before the game as well. Okay. Got your yeah. photo taken. I know, yeah. Finally got one. Uh, no, just after the game, seeing people, seeing everyone so happy walking out the ground. Uh, met these North Wales trickies who travel up from every game, and you think, God, don't it make it a nicer three or four hour journey home for them after a night like last night? So, the one thing I will say is, like, say they, those scarves, how how impressive that looked. Just bring them again for Arsenal because we've got we've got one more call it last dance at the City Ground, and it could be the one that keeps us up. So, just bring everything that they bought last night to that game. Imagine how Southampton fans felt travelling back there last night. Yeah. Um, after watching that. I mean, that's a trip and it's three hours and you've just got beaten. You look like you're going to go down. Yeah. We're, and it's still in our hands. The last thing, I, I've got to mention Haaland again. I, I just think that man is just a phenomenon. He's just unreal. 
you know, watching what he does. Uh, I just love the next striker watching, you know, how he goes about his game and the, the he, he he finishes in every way possible. He, he's got every finish in the book. And one thing about him, he doesn't care when he misses. He cares, but it doesn't affect him. He'll carry on. He'll get in there again. He'll he's prepared to miss again and again. And I, I just love watching him. I mean, I didn't enjoy watching him at you know when they beat the six, but uh, you know even when he was at the City Ground when we got the point, you know he was always there. He missed chances, but he's never afraid to get in in the box again and, and miss again. I think he's been a magnificent addition to the Premier League. We got a one knee. Don't worry, we're fine. <laughs> a couple of no, bits. It, it's, it is. Last night was just so pivotal. And, you know, if that doesn't give you a lift as a player going into the last three games, nothing will. Uh, a couple of bits from me to finish. Uh, Temps wanted to plug something. Uh, a memorial, memorial match at Dunkirk in celebration of the life of George and Harbottle, who I think, uh, oh yes, it says here, is related to Riley Harbottle's family, who's the young Forest defender who spent this season uh, on loan at Mansfield. So uh, it's at Dunkirk FC, Lenton Lane, obviously, in Nottingham. Uh, Saturday, the 13th of May, uh, 3pm kickoff. Everyone welcome, obviously, so do get down and support that. Uh, an error from me on last week's podcast, I forgot to say, or collectively we've got to say well done to Forest Women for winning their league title uh, to back up their league cup success. So well done to them. And um, I don't, I don't know what I should say, but well done to Notts County. I don't know how Forest fans collectively oh, feel that was a hell of a game. I don't know if anyone saw 90th it. 90th minute and 120th minute. I mean, that's yeah. how you do it. That's how you do it. You're yeah. going to have some haters now, my wife being one of them. I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad that I really hope they win it at Wembley. I think it's good for the city, get them back up. You know, League Two, it's it's a tougher league. But yeah, yeah it's good, good on for them. the city. You've got to feel sorry for Mansfield as well. I mean, they, yeah. they win their game. Uh, and they get done on goal difference uh, again into the playoffs, you know. So uh, that's a big blow as well, you know. Nigel, mm-hmm. you know, I know Nigel's had more injuries than we have um, at Mansfield. You know, he's, he's not been able to fill the bench at times, I don't think. So, yeah, it's a sterling effort and just missed out, unfortunately. The uh, the under-21s had a big win last night for Forrest as well, didn't they? I think they yeah. now go to, is it a, a final or, sorry... But they did. They had a big win. I can't remember what it's for. But I'll have a look. I'll have a look. Greg, you've not mentioned Derby. Don't swear on here. But that was. Well, not Steve Cook. I don't have to. When you've got like players like Steve Cook flying the flag and doing what he did, uh, I'd have given him man of the match for yesterday just for his yeah. antics this weekend. So uh, yeah, don't have to mention Derby. Won't have to mention them next year or the year after because they're uh, they're done now. Unfortunately for them, I think. Uh, you got to get out of League One in the first season, or you're there for a very long time, as we found out. So uh, unfortunate for them, but never mind. Yeah, rough league to get out of, certainly. Uh, Under 21s uh, won 3-0 against West Brom. They're into the final, it's uh, a promotion final against Leeds to go up to the very top tier, I think, or that would be in the uh, Under 21s pyramid. So uh, well done to them. Right, I think that's everything. Uh, thanks very much to everyone who's watched along and commented. Very much appreciated. Is it ever too much to keep up with? Uh, but it certainly helps. And like I said, if you uh, like, uh, enjoyed this, do like and subscribe and uh, give us a good review on iTunes, etc., etc. Spread the word as ever. Greg, thank you very much. No, cheers, Matt. Enjoyed it. Good to see you both. Yes, very much enjoyed it. I love talking about a win. Uh, they're very precious in the Premier League, as we found out. Uh, Gary, thank you very much. 
Yeah, pleasure. Big, big uh, heads up for the Forest fans last night. They were absolutely magnificent as always. And, you know, just it, the hairs on the back of your neck stand on end. You know, I was sat, as I said, with Guy Moosey and, you know, the two of us were singing along and, uh, you know, you just feel so part of it. And the noise around that stadium is just incredible. It really mm. is. Mm. Mm. Um, he's gone. It always happens. Forest fans, I'll I'll stall for a couple of seconds so we can get Greg back so he doesn't just think we've disappeared. Uh, Forest fans have become one of the stars of the season in the country. They've done their reputation, no harm at all. You're always seeing commentators uh, plugging it and saying how good it is. And Jeff Stelling last night saying Forest fans are special. Well, I, I saw the BBC thing um, and it said uh, the raucous atmosphere at the city ground. And it, it is, it's that that sort of atmosphere. Every game, they're absolutely mm. unreal. You know, and the start of it, the Muller Kintyre kicks it all off. But, you know, the backing they've given Steve has been incredible and thoroughly mm. deserved. It wasn't an hour on your iPad. What happened there? I don't know. I don't know. I think I've probably spoke a little bit more than I normally do, so it's burnt it out, maybe. <laughs> I, need, I need a new iPad. This one's... I mean, it's even bent. It's <laughs> It's fighting on. It's battling on. <laughs> yeah, three-man panel. You do get a few more words in. Um, but, yeah, uh, I assume Temps is fine. But it was a shame he couldn't join us, obviously. So, right, we are going to go there. Thanks very much to everyone who's watched along. We'll be back later in the week to preview the Chelsea game. In the meantime... Have a good few days. Enjoy the the morale boost that was last night and we shall see you again soon.